0: I don't believe that work should be something that we hate. I don't believe that work should be something that we dread. If I could wave a magic wand and do myself out of business immediately, it would be to open up these conversations so that we can have more flexible ways of working, more understanding around the pressures of our different jobs and what we're doing and what it means to have a full and meaningful life that interacts with our work instead of Living to work. Are you searching for your ideal career, fed up of your daily grind, or simply want to hear some inspiring
1: stories? Then you've come to the right place because it's time to do a job you love. It's time to get work savvy. Welcome to episode 37 of the Get Work Savvy podcast, the show that aims to provide you with tips, tricks, and ideas to help you find or create a job that you're truly passionate about. If we've not met before then my name's Liam, I'm an e-product manager working for a national training provider in the UK and it is my firm belief that you should be able to do what it is you love for work and wait before you leave and you're thinking what on earth is this guy on about, then I understand. I've been in a situation that you might be in at the moment. I started off not knowing what real direction I wanted to take, I then found myself in a job that I really didn't like, even qualifying with a degree which I thought would actually get me into what I wanted to do and then ultimately taking about 10 years overall to find a job that I can truly say I love. But enough about me and my aspirations for this show. If you want to hear more, then check out the first episode where I explained my motivations and my passions a little bit further. Each week we speak to a different professional, and this week isn't any different. You'd already heard from Leah and how she shares my belief in that we should be able to find something that we truly enjoy doing and not feeling like we have to simply get through what it is that we do for our world of work. Something she shares with us is that she started off actually being able to achieve her dream job from childhood. Leah set her sights on becoming a barrister, which you'd think is amazing, right? And surely that the people who were able to find those jobs would be super happy with where they are. And what you hear now is Leah's experience and how she didn't find that to be the case.
0: My entire life, everything was geared around becoming a lawyer. So I chose my GCSEs according to what I thought would look good. I chose my A-levels, according to what I thought would look good. Did AIM on history, politics and English literature. And then I went to university, moved to Bristol in 2002 to study law. Did my postgraduate degree in the bar vocational course. Was called to the Bar of England and Wales in 2007. And then cross-qualified and became a solicitor in 2012. And then in 2017, I think it is, I left law.
1: (laughs) Now, one thing I would say is that Leah tells us in much more depth in her main episode, which is going to be launched at a later date, how she actually ended up becoming a lawyer and the kind of experiences she had there but one main reason that she decided that enough was enough and that she couldn't continue in that role of a barrister was because she fell out of love of what she was doing she felt so much pressure and i know we've talked about it before but she become burnt out so no matter where you are whether you're at the start of your journey thinking about your dream job whether you've actually managed to get to where you thought it is that you wanted to go, or it turns out to be something you don't want to continue doing, or that doesn't really suit you, what I'd say is, as you've heard, dream jobs don't always work out. So let's rejoin the conversation where Leah talks a bit more about burnout and provides us some fantastic advice on how to try and avoid it.
0: I'm very adamant about one thing which is if you are doing a job, whether it's a job that you wanted to do from a young age and when you were a completely precocious brat like I was, or whether it's something that you've fallen into but you enjoy it or it has perks or it pays well or it's close to home, whatever it is. If you're feeling like rubbish because you are exhausted and you're burning out, I don't believe that you need to simply quit your job in order to recover from that. And in fact, I think it's worse to do that. almost weekly on LinkedIn someone will message me and say I've been reading your blogs and I've left my job and I go oh no um because you take your problems with you and it's very very rare that any of us leave a job and all of a sudden our life is perfect and beautiful and technicolor like you know when um Wizard of Oz you suddenly step out and you've got your friends and you're walking down the yellow brick road that's not the way it works there are plenty of people who will work with me and then decide to quit their job but there is a very big difference between making an informed choice and having done the work that you need to do to improve your aspects of an issue and leaving because you feel like you're backed into a corner and you have to before you either stab someone in the face with a pencil or set the office on fire um and i would much prefer that people make an informed choice and leave for a job that they know is going to make a difference than just feel backed into a corner and that's it they have to go because it's that or lose their career
1: i don't know about you and if you haven't experienced that then awesome good for you and and hopefully you don't come across that but i know that i have had that feeling myself and having moved roles and thinking oh yes this will be the making of me only for later for the same kind of feelings to arise of not being satisfied with what i was doing and getting a bit stressed because i was following a path that didn't really suit my natural abilities so i think leah's advice there is absolutely spot on quite a lot of the time people have that very british attitude of keep calm carry on and hoping for things to go away by sticking with what you know but if you don't change something then nothing's going to change again let's dive back into the conversation and hear a bit more about leah's experience and how she found a way to resolve it
0: i thought for the first 10 years of my career that and it was predominantly women, so I will talk in gendered terms, but I know it's men as well as women. But I thought in the first 10 years of my career that the women who left, the women who went on maternity leave and didn't come back, the women who uh, transferred out of law to do something part-time or closer to home, I thought it was because they couldn't hack it. I thought it was because they were not good enough and that I was tougher and I was gonna do better. And then I realized, oh, no wait, I'm not special. I'm not better than anybody else here. And actually many of them have done it so that they're not ending up in such a ridiculous situation as I was. I do what I do because I'm sick and tired of seeing people struggle at work and thinking that that's all they get. That all we get is 60 hours a week of pure exhaustion, of being abused at work by clients or patients or managers or whatever it might be, of dragging yourself out of bed, of missing your kids growing up, of missing the most important moments in your life, because we have to do this thing. I don't believe that work should be something that we hate. I don't believe that work should be something that we dread. Um, and I honestly, if I could wave a magic wand and do myself out of business immediately, it would be to open up these conversations so that we can have more flexible ways of working more understanding around the pressures of our different jobs and what we're doing and what it is what it means to have a full a meaningful life that interacts with our work instead of living to work
1: something that actually leah pulled me up on when we were having our discussion that you hear in that later episode Well as I said that perhaps social media might have had an impact on that but actually she's right in that I think social media has helped us to open up a little bit more about that and perhaps reach out to people that we might not have and also hear of other people's experience. I know there's been a lot of focus on mental health recently that has helped with having conversations like this but I think that is so important if you are in that position that you do speak to your loved ones, you do reach out to somebody and have that conversation and start taking care of yourself. And even if you don't want to speak to anyone, taking the opportunity to have a temperature check to gauge where you are now and where it is that you want to end up, whether it's in the same organisation, whether it's a complete career change, I think that is so important. Again, let's pick up on the conversation and listen to some more tips and advice that Leah has to offer us.
0: There's a lot of different ways into the problem, but the way that I always start is, like you said, taking a temperature check. It's looking at everything that's going on. So there are plenty of tools and resources. And I even, the very first thing I ever created was a free ebook called burnout first aid. So we're <laughs> on the same page here. Um, and it's about that first aid. It's about that triage. So before you even start going, okay, why am I so stressed? Why am I struggling? The first thing I think anyone needs to do is start taking care of themselves physically. I could lay any amount of money on the bet, that if somebody is feeling burned out, exhausted, and like they just want to set a small fire in the corner of the office, that they're also not sleeping well. Heavily reliant on caffeine, tea, coffee, you know, caffeinated products. If I see one more person walking into an office with a can of Monster, my God. Um, Not sleeping well, caffeine, um, feeling low, eating a bad diet, not getting any exercise, not taking lunch breaks feeling isolated, not relying on support networks. You know, these are all things that we do because we don't do it just because we want <laughs> to cause ourselves more problems. They're maladaptive coping mechanisms, by which I mean we're trying to cope so we're not seeing our friends as much so that we can get earlier nights or you know, we're, we're drinking caffeinated drinks because we're so tired. It solves the immediate on-the-Facebook problem. It also masks what's going on underneath Um, so the place that I would start is to start taking care of myself and actually start talking to people because I know so many people who will do this. Um, I kind of joke, I used to go out for dinner with my friends and we'd all do this thing of like flicking our hair over our shoulders and be like, I'm just so busy and important. And rather than saying, do you know what works really kind of crummy right now? And I've done 60 hours this week and that client shouted at me until I cried we just told each other how brilliant we were and how in need we were and how we were just so important as a way of covering up how rubbish we felt. Um so actually getting honest, even if it's just with the nearest and dearest people to you and turning to your partner and saying, do you know what? I don't think I can do this all the way to retirement. I just can't. Um and there are these problems and I need to find a way to start sorting them. The moment you start doing that, you just you can't go back from there. You can't Put the genie back in the bottle so taking more care of yourself physically um actually allowing other people to support you and take care of you and being honest and starting to share with the people who you can trust oh, three brilliant strategies that will take you so far already down the line of reversing these effects of burnout and imposter syndrome
1: i know that some of those things are exactly what i use for coping mechanisms especially caffeine and also having a little bit less sleep because I'm trying to catch up with things as well as not getting out in the fresh air so fantastic advice there from Leah and I hope you take those on boards regardless of whether you're feeling a bit burnt out or not I think it's something we all need to do a little bit more of. Leah also mentioned there another favourite of the show of being imposter syndrome and how sometimes that holds us back from actually going for what it is that we want to do. And I know I certainly found that, and I mentioned in the conversation how that kept me in the supermarket for a while. I got comfortable in my surroundings and didn't really believe in myself. And again, I'm so pleased I can share Leah's great advice on this.
0: I loved working at the supermarket, you know, for that period, not for the rest of my life because there were other things I wanted to do. And I think this is one of the things that a lot of us struggle with. There's this process that our brains go through because we process so much information every day you know we are like supercomputers and so our brains automatically filter information you might most people have heard of a version of this but this kind of cognitive filtering where we see what we expect to see and we find proof for what we expect to see Um, so if you're walking through a supermarket car park and i say blue cars it's like all of a sudden it's like ding, ding, ding. You'll suddenly notice all the blue cards because it's been brought to the forefront of your mind. Well, if you are somebody who struggles with imposter syndrome and you have these thoughts that say, I'm not good enough, nobody likes me, I should go and eat worms, then you will look for the evidence all the time. And when something, you know, catastrophic happens, or even if it's death by a thousand paper cuts, you know, applying for that job, getting a knockback, applying for the next job, getting a knockback, every single time that imposter syndrome puts it in the little filing cabinet, it's like, ha, more proof, more proof. And we focus on that instead of focusing on the fact that we have these opportunities and hey, it might not be what I planned on doing, but I'm going to ask for this or something better. Um, and these are all perspective shifts that we can't do if the imposter syndrome voice has got its clipboard full of information reminding us of all the times that we've tripped up and fallen on our faces and why we should never try again
1: so just as Leah says there don't let imposter syndrome win and although being a perfectionist isn't such a bad thing have that bit of self-confidence and think of it as you being on a journey yes you're going to look back in six months to a year's time and be embarrassed about the level of skill that you've got or knowledge that you've got at the moment. But if you keep on moving the dial, if you keep on taking that next step, then you're going to get to where it is that you want to be. If you've been a fan of this conversation, then I'd love for you to subscribe and share it with anyone that you feel it would be of benefit to. And if you do have the time, because I know time is a precious thing, then please don't forget to leave a rating and review in the podcast app or the Apple Podcasts player, because it really does help the show. Equally, I'd love to hear what you think. Do you suffer with imposter syndrome? Have you been through or are you feeling the effects of burnout? And how do you manage it and how have you got over it if you've already been through that? Send me a tweet or drop us a message on Facebook by searching for Get Work Savvy. I'd love to hear of your experience, hear what's worked for you or how you're feeling at the moment. And if I could be of any help, certainly give me a shout. I hope some of the suggestions Leah's given us today have helped you in your journey. Perhaps not right now, but perhaps in the future if you're interested in what Leah does, then I'm going to leave links to her profile in the show notes so there'll just be a click away. And what I'm going to do this week is leave you with some of Leah's final thoughts. So until next week, take care and don't forget to find a way to get work savvy.
0: I would always come back to, no matter how bad it feels, no matter how exhausted you are, no matter how alone you feel, you are not alone. There are thousands, if not millions of people who wake up each day and cry in the shower because they're tired or who leave work and fall asleep on the train at 6pm because they're so exhausted or who regret what they're doing. The difference between them and you is that you have the opportunity to make a change and it's only by believing that you can, by hearing other people just like this conversation, just like all the people that we've already talked about and then just asking yourself, well, what's the difference between them and me? how can I start making that change and then go in with it you know before we started this interview we had a whole conversation about tenacity and keeping showing up and keep going because I've seen so many people do the hokey cokey right they put one foot in one foot out um I'm gonna do it I'm gonna commit I'm gonna go all the way oh no I'm not I'm running the opposite direction um and if you think for a second that I'm gonna take a day off and sort my life out I'm gonna have a holiday and it'll all be better that's not it It's about showing up every single day and saying to yourself, how can I make today 0.1% better than yesterday? Hopefully more, but 0.1% and then doing something to make it happen, whatever that might be for you.